listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. I'm going to bring a short word today, and it really is about the hand of God. You know, there were some characters in the Bible, and specifically, I want to talk about their hands. And the first one I want to talk about is a lady called Jochebed. Jochebed was Moses' mom. You all know Moses, don't you? Well, Jochebed was his mom. And she has got an amazing story. You can read her story in the Bible in the book of Exodus. Um, The scripture should be on the screen. So Moses' mom, Jochebed, she was born a slave. She wasn't a free person, but she was born into slavery. In fact, she was owned by Pharaoh, Pharaoh of Egypt. If you can remember the history in the Bible that the Israelites had gone to Egypt and then they later on became slaves to Pharaoh. So she was born in this season when every Israelite born was born into slavery. I don't know about you, but I would guess that it's not a great environment to grow up in. She was not her own. It would have been hard work. They would have had to make bricks day and night. But on top of this oppression, Pharaoh passed a new law. He was frightened that the the Israelites were growing stronger and stronger in number. And so he passed the law saying that every baby boy should be thrown to death into the Nile. At this time, Jochebed was pregnant. And I can only sort of glimpse a bit of anguish that she felt that, what if this child that I'm carrying is a boy? And lo and behold, she gave birth to a boy. His name was Moses. And the Bible says that she looked on Moses and he was a beautiful child. In fact, it means that he was a special child. He was appointed and anointed for God. Yet how could he survive in this environment where the law of the land dictated that he was to be killed? So Jochebed lived to a higher rule. She didn't live according to Pharaoh's rule or Pharaoh's law, but Jochebed was a woman who loved God and served God. You know, even in her slavery, even in perhaps your slavery, the times that you feel that you're hemmed in or restricted or that you're not free, It's nothing about your circumstances or your situation. You can still be free in Jesus. And she had Jesus. She pulled down the presence of God. And although she was a slave by the law, she was not a slave to anyone. She was free inside. And so she had a different mentality. She didn't have a slave mentality, but she had a a mentality that she was free in God. In fact, if there was anything about slavery, she was only a slave to the things of God. And she knew there was a higher way. She knew there was a way out of this. She didn't quite know how, but then she hid her baby. She hid him for three months. I don't know, but those of you who've looked after babies or had babies, they make a lot of noise. And Moses would have cried, and she would have quashed, and she would have kept him quiet in some way or other. She would have had to answer his every whim straight away just to keep him quiet. But there came a time in his life and her life that she could hide her baby no more. He got to about three months old, 
And she couldn't hide him from the Egyptians. She knew that as soon as they saw him, as soon as they found him, that they would kill him. You know, even in our lives, there are times when we can no longer hide stuff because it grows too big. I wonder whether there's stuff going on in your life right now, whether it's pain or whether it's addiction or depression, but there's some stuff that it just grows so big and we think we hide it from everyone else, but they can see it. And there comes a point where we've got to acknowledge even before God that it is a seen thing. And we've got to hand it over to God because we can't carry that stuff anymore. She came to the point where her three-month-old baby was growing so big that she couldn't hide him anymore. She had to bring him to God. And I believe that God gave her inspiration. God gave her an amazing idea. She got a basket made of papyrus and she sealed it with tar. And she placed her baby Moses into that basket. Her idea was she was going to put the baby onto the Nile. But this would mean she would have to let go. There are times in our lives where we have to let go. Sometimes of people that we love. You know, Pastor Jason isn't with us today because his mom passed away this morning. She passed away to glory. And it's a sad time but it's a sweet time too if she knows the Lord uh, she does know the Lord when people know the Lord but there are times in our life where we have to let go whether it's people or stuff or ministry or jobs or seasons there comes a time where the stuff is too big for us to handle or it's a, the season is over and we need to let go and this mom Jochebed she was a mother. Imagine, this is her three-month-old baby and she's putting him into a basket and she's putting him into a river that is wild, a river that has crocodiles, a river that is dangerous and she's putting her baby onto this river because she's between a rock and a hard place. If she keeps him, he'll die. She trusts God. And when she... She, she goes to let that basket go. I'm sure she went back a few times and gave him an extra feed or an extra cuddle before she could finally let go. And as she let go of that basket, she wasn't only letting go of her baby. How many of us have to let our kids go? You know, we've got to help them to grow so they make their own decisions in life, so they start to live the way they need to live. There's a time in our life where we've got to let them go. And she let him go. But at the same time, she was letting go of her dreams, her hopes, her desires, mostly wrapped up in this baby. But she was letting go, letting go so that her hands were free. But it wasn't just a, a, a letting go into nothingness. She was placing him into the hands of God. I remember I've got three grown-up children. They've got children of their own now. And as each one came to their season of either going to college or leaving home, I remember praying and being upset that they were leaving, but then knowing the safety and the security of leaving them in God's hands. There are seasons in our life where we have to let go, but when we let go, we're placing it out of our hands into God's hands. See, she didn't know the other side. 
She didn't know what's going to happen next week or next year or next month. She didn't know what was going to happen to Moses' life. She didn't know the future, but she had to trust that God knew the future. It says in Isaiah, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. In other words, God loves us so much, so intimately, that he writes our name on the palm of his hand. In fact, it says engraved. To engrave something is painful. God has our names on the palms of his hands. And when we let go, when we let go and place stuff into God's hands, it's amazing what God can do. It's almost like saying, right, now God is in control. Now God can do what he's destined to do. And what happens as she watches her baby bobbing about on that basket in the Nile? Along comes Pharaoh's daughter. And then they look for a nursemaid. Who can look after this child? And it just happens to be that Jochebed is still in the bush, bushes watching Moses. And so they call her out and she gets given back into her hands, her baby Moses. And she gets paid to be his nursemaid. And she raises a prince. In fact... Not only him, but she raises three biblical children. His brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. All amazing, powerful leaders in Israel that God would use to shape his nation. Moses, as we know, became the leader of the nation, a friend of God. He became the voice of God to the people. Sometimes, if we hold on to things too long, past God's timing, it dies. If Jochebed had held on tightly to her son Moses, he would have surely been killed by the Egyptians. But because, as painful as it was, she let go and put him into the hands of God, he lived to serve God and God's purposes and plans. You know, we are stewards of the things that God entrusts to us, We're to hold on lightly and not tightly. And it's always better in God's hands. I just want to skip to um, another woman in the Bible. And she was a woman who had an issue of blood. She was a woman that had issues. So she isn't named, so it could be any one of us. We've got plenty of issues going on in our lives. She had 12 years of pain. And she'd exhausted all her finances trying to go to doctors to get healed. So she was broke. She was cast as an outcast of society because she was unclean. So she was lonely. She was even banned from church. Imagine that. And yet one day she heard a story that Jesus was around and that Jesus was healing people. It brought hope to her heart. And so she thought, I'm going to go and look for Jesus. I'm going to just touch the hem of his garment and so that I will be healed. I'm wondering whether she thought to herself, well, I'm contaminated. I'm unclean. So I can't touch Jesus because I might contaminate him. But if I just touch the hem of his garment, she had enough faith that just the touch of his garment she would be healed 
And so she pushed through the crowd. We know the story really well. She pushed through the crowd, but what it represents for us is that she was pushing through all the discrimination that she'd ever felt. She was pushing through all the discouragement that she'd ever felt. She was, th- she was just pushing through all the expectation that was on her life, all the failure, all the religiosity, and all the pain that she had experienced. You see, all that stuff can stop us pushing through to reach hold of the things that God has got to give us. We get stuck in our pain, stuck in our failure. Oh, God could never forgive me. Really? God is here. And Jesus came to die because we mess up over and over and over. She pushed through. I wonder what you've got to push through to reach what God has destined you for. And so the untouchable woman touched Jesus' hand. And the moment that happened, Jesus turned around and stopped. Who touched me? I imagine that she was thinking, oh no, I'm going to get punished. I'm going to get shamed. I've done something wrong. I've probably contaminated him. And she didn't want to be seen. But now she could not be unseen any longer because Jesus is calling for the person where power has left him. And she knew she was healed instantly. And I can imagine the crowd going, don't touch me. But Jesus is doing the opposite. He's calling her forward. And as she makes herself known, in fear and trembling, there was no need to be embarrassed. There was no need to be shamed. She did not defile him. He simply healed her body. But then he did more. He said to her, daughter, it's almost like he he lifted her chin up. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. She was just interested in sneaking in and grabbing a healing for her body. She didn't really understand that Jesus wants more than that. He wants our whole self, and he wants to adopt us. He wants to love us. He wants our whole body, soul, and mind to be restored and healed in him. And he says to her, daughter, he embraces her as his daughter. Jesus is here in this place right now. And he just doesn't only want to heal and help us. He wants to clean us. He wants to love us. He wants to adopt us as sons and daughters. And then there was a man in church with a withered hand. Again, the scriptures are there for you to research. He was in church one day. He was not looking for Jesus He wasn't interested in seeking out Jesus. He was just going about his stuff, going about his day. He was disadvantaged because he had a withered right hand. And in those days, it says right hand because the right hand was for righteousness. And so it was a bit scorned that he was was useless. He couldn't work. And so he would have been broke. And he would have been limited in all that he could do. It wasn't simply, oh yeah, he's got a withered hand. It affected his life completely. But I see something here in this story that no matter what he was going through, he was still in the house of God. He still kept showing up even though his life wasn't good. He still kept showing up in church. I wonder what we do when life chucks us some stuff and we can't cope with it. Do we keep showing up faithfully into church? There he was a quiet, unassuming type of guy, but he was faithful. He was unseen, but he was praising. 
And yet Jesus chose that particular day to go to that particular synagogue at that particular time when that particular man was there because Jesus sees what others do not. He sees our pain. He sees our need. And at that time, it was a religious debate going on. You shouldn't heal on the Sabbath. And yet Jesus looked at this man and he called him out from the crowd. And it says, he said to him, get up and stand in front of everyone. And so the man got up and he stood there. And I love the scripture because it just says he stood there. I can imagine just right now standing there wondering what is God going to do? Am I going to be ashamed or embarrassed a bit like the woman just now? And he stands there. You see, the first step to standing up is surrendering. He obeyed the command that Jesus gave him in spite of the crowd that would have condemned him, in spite of the wrong rules that were in place that you could not heal on a Sabbath. He stood up and he obeyed Jesus. And sometimes that is the key to our healing. He was now in the spotlight. He was very uncomfortable. All eyes were on him. Everyone could see his disadvantaged. Everyone could see his disability. Everyone could see his deformity. Everyone could see that he was a failure. Why did Jesus cause him to stand up? And then Jesus says, stretch out your hand. Um, Jesus, his hand is withered, can't stretch it out. It's amazing that Jesus asks us to do stuff we think we cannot do. Stretch out your hand. What, this, this withered hand that won't stretch out. And in faith, as the man stretched out his hand, it became whole and healed. You see, a withered hand didn't just represent something physical in his body, but represented something in his heart, something in his soul, something in his mind. You see, when we have flowers that wither, they are dying. They are dried out. I wonder if the band want to come back. It represents that his spiritual life was withering. He was holding on. He was turning up. He was doing all the things that he should do. He was going to church. He was praying. He was tithing. But yet there was still something dying within him until that moment when Jesus healed him, that healed his heart, healed his soul. I started to think of when my kids were little, they had this toy called Stretch Armstrong. And they would pull it and it would stretch right across the room sometimes. And then they'd let it go and it would fly everywhere. Yes, come on when you're ready. And it made me think, there are times in our life where Jesus wants us to stretch. He wants us to go a little bit further, go a little bit higher, try that thing we've never done before. He wants us to trust him more. He wants us to think and dream the impossible. Because when he calls us, when he puts something upon our life, he doesn't want us to stay as we are, but he wants us to grow higher and deeper and more in love with him. And as we do that, to serve him. He stretched out his hand, the impossible, and it was completely restored. 
I wonder if you need a miracle today. I wonder if you need the hand of God to touch your life today. I wonder whether in your life there are some areas that you need to let go of and put on the altar for God to take hold of today. I wonder if you need to press through a little bit more, whether you need to get to that breakthrough point and pass the crowds and what they think so that you receive that healing touch of Jesus. Or I wonder whether you've just simply accepted your disadvantage. Recently, well, for a, a quite a few weeks, I was struggling with something called pneumonia. And it affected my breathing and my breath, and it made me weak and unable to do things. And there were at times I thought, I need to retire. I need to stop working. I just need to get strong. In fact, I started to think, this is it now in life. I'm going to limp through life. I've got a scar on my lung, and I'm just going to limp through. I can't do the things that God has called me to do. He must have another plan. There must be a plan B. And I, 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 I've now, as I'm 60, I've changed my running machine for one of these skiing machines, these like cross chain trainers. And just yesterday morning, I was on the cross trainer and I was thinking, I can't catch my breath. Lord, I can't get the breath in my lungs. And I was struggling. And Alexa was playing random worship songs. And as I'm trying on this cross trainer, trying to, trying, to, trying to get the breath in my lungs, I heard these words sing out, it's your breath in my lungs. So we pour out our praise. So we pour out our praise to you, to you only. I didn't know the title of the song, but then I started to look at our playlist and I texted Donna, I said, by any chance, is, can we play that song? And I didn't realize it's already on the play playlist for today. And as I started to run and started to exercise, I started to realize I had revelation. It's not my breath. I'm trying to scramble into these lungs. It is his breath. And all of a sudden, I started to breathe more easily as I realized my life was in his hands, not my hands. As I realized that he gives the very breath that I breathe because the breath that I breathe is the breath, the Ruach of God. It's the Holy Spirit power. It's the Holy Spirit breath that gives me life and life to the full. I just wonder if you could sing that chorus. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only Maybe you are in this place today or you're watching online 
and some of those things have touched your life maybe there are things that you need to let go and put them into God's hands maybe it's something you need to press through and go the extra mile to reach what God has called you to do or maybe you've just got a bit complacent and accepted stuff as the way they are and God would say to you no daughter no son I have something better I have something more And maybe you are just feeling so empty that you need that breath of God to run through you again, through your lungs, to fill your lungs again. That Ruach, Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray as we sing this song once more, I pray for every one of us that your Holy Spirit, your breath, your Ruach will fill us afresh, that your hand will be upon us that, Lord God, you would enable us to do what you called us to do, that when we need to let go, we will, knowing that it's safe and secure in your hands, that when we need to press through, we will do that with the strength and the tenacity that only you can give us. And, Lord, forgive us if we've been complacent and try to accept things as they are when you have more for us. Lord, we sing to you, Lord, and thank you that it's your breath in our lungs today. In Jesus' name.